The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for joining us again for another edition of Winning Ponies. Uh, I hope that uh, everybody's geared up and ready to go this week for the Preakness Stakes. Uh, we're going to bring in some uh, some solid guests, good handicappers. Our friend Tom Lamara, who you know used to be the news editor with the Blood Horse, well, he's now back in the Mid-Atlantic region. So he covers a lot of the racing uh, in the Pimlico area, and so he's uh, very familiar with the horses that will be going to post over the next couple of days uh, in not only the uh, Preakness, but the Pimlico Special and the Black-Eyed Susan. So we'll be... We'll be talking to Tom about his new job in the Mid-Atlantic. I mean, he was uh, at the Blood Horse for so many years and is so well-respected uh, that, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting that at this point in life he's had a change in his career, but it's an interesting position, and I know he really likes it. He's also a little bit closer to the East Coast, where he's originally from. So uh, uh, Tom will uh, be giving us the inside skinny on on who he likes over in the Baltimore area this weekend. And then our friend Brian Zipsy, currently the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation, will be with us. And uh, we're going to kind of look in the rear view, look at the Derby. I know he and his staff were there. I got to meet them all. And, uh, of course, now he's going to be covering the Preakness Stakes for you. You'll be able to get that uh, through Horse Racing Radio Network, if you're not near television, and if not, you can get it on CBS. So uh, we will be having those two guests, and I hope they give us a slew of winners, because I'll tell you what, our friend Matt Bernier last week, when I get to the results, uh, he had a pretty good Saturday at Belmont Park, no doubt about that. Uh, So let's talk about some uh, Preakness uh, headlines as we come up to the week. Of course, uh, the draw for post doesn't mean as much in the Preakness as it does in the Derby. There'll be only 10 horses uh, going in the gate, drawing the rail. Multiplier, who was uh, an oppressive winner in the Illinois Derby, uh, change of jocks there from Jimmy Graham to Joel Rosario. And then you've got uh, in the two-hole, Cloud Computing, a Chad Brown trainee who just ran third in the Wood Memorial. So Cloud Computing's had a little bit of a rest. Uh, He was second in the Gotham Stakes to J-Boy's Echo. Then a list of 20 to 1, Florent Giroux will be on Hentz, who uh, just uh, was in tight and had to steady in the Derby and pretty much gave it up after that on that really wet, fast, sloppy track. Number four, the favorite and the Kentucky Derby winner, always dreaming. We'll see if the team of John Velasquez and Todd Pletcher can get it done again. Breaking right next to them, their nemesis, Classic Empire. Uh, Classic Empire, if you watch the race or listen to the interviews after, know that uh, he had quite an eventful race uh, in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he was uh, roughed up coming out of the gate uh, 
pretty bad, was shuffled all the way back to 13th, which isn't quite his running style. He did come back with a black eye, so we say. It was swollen. So he got hit with something during the running of the race. And uh, Julian Leperu will be back up. He looks like he's training great. I know he's done a lot in a short amount of time. But Classic Empire, last year's two-year-old champions, back to prove that, that he still reigns supreme amongst the three-year-olds now. So we'll find out. Uh, certainly getting shuffled back to 13th in the Kentucky Derby is about the last thing in the world that you want. Uh, then we'll have a horse that everybody loves. Gunnar Vera will break from the six hole. Uh, Jack Change here. Uh, taking over for Javier Castellano is Mike Smith. And then uh, Doug O'Neill breaks out of the seven hole with Term of Art. In the eight is the Lexington winner by ahead, my friend Kenny McPeak, 30 to 1, Channing Hill up. Then nine, the surprise second place finisher in the Kentucky Derby, looking at Lee, who was sent away at 33-1 to 1 out of that one post. Looking at Lee is now 10-1. to 1. Corey Landry gets the ride back. And then Conquest Mo Money, who uh, was a game second to Classic Empire in the Arkansas Derby and a game second to Hence in the Sunland Derby, draws the outside post of number 10. So, again, there's your post positions for the Preakness Stakes. And, again, it doesn't uh, mean too much, certainly not the same as the Kentucky Derby. Now, when you start handicapping the Preakness, you want to get over to winningponies.com because we are having another contest. Uh, thanks for all of you that uh, played in the Derby contest. Hope you enjoyed your winnings and your winning credits. So, uh it's cold cash, $150 to the winner. And then we're going to give you a Winning Ponies winning credits so you can pull down those easy win forms. Uh, 75 winning credits to second, 50 to third, 25 to fourth. And uh, fifth through seventh are going to get uh, T-shirts or caps. And uh, there's also a prize for the closest final time of the Preakness Stakes. Now, speaking of winning ponies, when you go over there, uh, pull down the easy win forms. Another good week all over the place. Uh, Gulfstream Park was was strong. Uh, on, on the 13th, uh, 50 Cent Super 5 Key paid 3000 $1,440, and on the same afternoon, a $1 super high five hit for $2,055. They are racing up in the Chicago area back at Arlington now, and just four days ago had a 50-cent pick five that paid $3,208. And let's not forget our friends in West Virginia Mountaineer. We came up with a $1 super key that paid $2,600, and a $1 super box, $2,559. That are the easy win forms, and those are, are, are a reminder that you've got to sign on with us and get your bets in, though they're free, uh, to be part of the contest by 6 o'clock Eastern on Saturday. Now, there are some other graded action that you might want to pull down the easy win forms. Uh, the Eclipse Stakes is a grade 2 uh, up at Woodbine. Uh, the uh, the Soaring Softly is a nice seven furlong race at Belmont Park. And don't forget down at Churchill, there's a grade three race, the Louisville Handicap, 100,000 mile and a half on the track. Now, one horse that was pointing for the Preakness that just missed the point system to get in the Kentucky Derby was Royal Moe. And sad to say, he was 
injured in a training incident earlier in the week. Uh, but he successfully underwent surgery to repair a fractured sesamoid in his right front leg, trainer John Sheriff said. Uh, he's owned by Jerry and Ann Moss. So the Sheriffs and Moss, remember a horse by the name of Zenyatta? Yes. They Now they say he's got a long way to go to recovery because, you know, with an injury like this, uh, you get concerned about infection in the leg or laminitis in the other leg as they try to, you know, take the weight off uh, of the, the uh, leg that's hurting. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, to pull it off. Uh, John Sheriff's credited Gary Stevens and the on-site veterinarian uh, Stevens uh, jumped off immediately uh, as uh, when he uh, felt there was something wrong and uh, may have saved the colt's life by by keeping his leg elevated until the track veterinarian could be there uh, just a reminder on his credentials while uh, royal moe captured the robert b lewis earlier in the year and uh, was coming into the uh the preakness off a determined third place finish in the santa anita derby and uh ended up his career with $267,000 in limited starts. Okay, always dreaming. Well, earlier in the week, the Preakness favorite and Derby winner was acting up, but uh, he kind of uh, smoothed out over the week and got his act together. And it looks like he's uh, he's, he's picking it up at, uh, at Pimlico. I saw some video of him galloping today. He is going to go out tomorrow, but he's not going to have those special reins on uh, that the exercise rider needs to keep him in control. So Pletcher feels that, you know, things couldn't be going any smoother. Of course, uh, Pletcher likes to get him out nice and early. He goes out about 530 uh, in the morning. So, uh the uh, Derby winner, always dreaming, is uh, acting uh, well at at Pimlico. Uh, multiplier and senior investment turned in Preakness Works. Uh, both of those were at Keeneland, uh, coming into the second jewel of the, of the Triple Crown. Uh, looking at Lee and hence. Uh, turned in their final weeks for the Preakness uh, on the 15th at Churchill Downs and uh, then shipped over. And all the connections of all these horses are feeling really good about the direction uh, in, in which uh, in which they're going right now. Now, just some uh, breeding news. You know, we announced a couple of weeks ago that Teppen was going to be retired. Didn't think she was going to be bred. Uh, but uh, ownership kind of had a change of mind. Uh, Mr. Masterson said, well, we really didn't publicize it because we didn't want to let people bothering at the farm. But she comes into heat rather easily, uh, Bob Masterson said. And uh, so what the heck? They said, we're going to try it one time. Send her to Curlin, and she is in full to Curlin. Wow, what is that baby worth? You know, uh, Mr. Masterson usually keeps his fillies and sells the colts. So it'll be interesting to see if it's a boy or a girl and if it ever goes through a sale ring. Okay, so we called in on our friend Matt Bernier last week from the Daily Racing Forum, who is very well respected, handicapper, as you know, and he always puts out his best foot forward. Well, uh, let's. Uh, bring you you know some of some of his winning efforts and I was second pick in the Peter Pan stakes and again you know we've talked about the Peter Pan of being an important race I know that it's only a grade three but a lot of times this mile and eighth race 
bodes well for horses going to the Belmont. And some pretty well-respected horses, uh, you know, ha- have won this race over the year. Uh, Belmont winner Coastal in uh, 1979 is one that you can remember. And then, I mean, famous horses uh, like Gallant Man uh, ha- have won this race. And some that uh, names you'll recall a little more modern times. How about AP Indy uh, took home the Peter Pan stakes when uh, he was getting ready for the Belmont stakes. So uh, we'll see if Timeline... A lightly raced son of hard spun from the Chad Brown barn uh, will make an appearance in the Belmont Stakes. In the second spot was Meantime. That was Matt Bernier's top pick. And in the third spot, Impressive Edge. So, again, that's the result of the Peter Pan Stakes. Then at Belmont Park, what we thought was a very, very tough race, and that was the grade two Ruffian at a mile. Matt Bernier gave us out Highway Star. Odds floated up. Came home a $12 winner, winning by a half length. Congratulations to Matt. I hope he was there. Uh, Second was uh, Bar of Gold, who was the favorite in there, and that was Matt's second pick. So Matt gave us, if he played a $2 exact on his wagers, $29.40. Now, how about this one? Then we uh, moved on to the inner turf in the Bogay, mile and a 16th. Matt's selection was the Irish bred Hawksmoor, who was 12 to 1 in the morning line, floated down. Maybe by this time people were catching on. Horse had uh, uh, European background. Now it's uh, uh, come and running in the United States. It came out of the Miss Revere at Churchill, that making its debut in 2017. Nine dollars and sixty cents led the whole way and just held on by a head over the favorite Decida. Time and motion was in the third spot. And then uh, the final race that we handicapped was the grade one $400,000 man award. And the winner in here, horse Matt liked, Zukova, the Irish spread, five to one morning line went off at four to five in uh, the, uh, the second spot was Tag Lieb, who uh, went off at 10 to 1. And third was Sadler's Joy, uh, a, another kitten's joy. You see him on the green, go to the window. So anyhow, that was a look at last week's races. want to thank all the people that have come on as our guest handicappers and just our guests in general. And uh, so our guest handicapper today uh, will be none other than Tom Lamara. But before we get to that, we're going to reach out to Brian uh, Zipsy and uh, let him tell us about his experiences at the Derby and what the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation thinks about the Preakness. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as I told you earlier, Brian Zipsy was going to join us, uh, the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation. He pens Zipsy at the track, and uh, obviously has a lot of good people working with him. I got to spend a little time in the, uh, I guess we'll still call it a press box, the media area at uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, Brian introduced me to uh, quite a few people. Uh, how many of those people were connected with uh, Horse Racing Nation that afternoon? I think all of the ones that I introduced you to, John, uh, we, we had about uh, six people in total at the Kentucky Derby this year. Wow, great coverage on it at, uh, at, at Horse Racing Nation. Um, um, I'm going to get to some personal things about that, but um, as we come upon Preakness Week, if I, uh, if I uh, pull up your site right now, uh, what is it we're going to see leading up to the second jewel of the Triple Crown? Oh, we're going to see lots of Preakness articles. Of course, we are all excited. Everybody's excited after the Kentucky Derby, always dreaming. Is he going to be the horse that possibly brings us our second uh, Triple Crown winner joining American Pharaoh in the last four decades? Or is a horse like Classic Empire, uh, you know, a, the two-year-old champion, uh, he's getting, rounding back into form. And I don't know about you, John, but I thought he ran a big race in the Derby. So, all the Preakness coverage you want, we're talking history, we're talking trends, we're handicapping the race. Everything you want to know about the Preakness, we're trying to bring it to you all on Horse Racing Nation. Yeah, it's up there, and people can just, uh, you know, cruise through, uh, you know, the, the headlines and and. and pull out the articles that they want, whether it's odds and analysis, uh, the fact that pace might make the race, uh, you know, the, the different Preakness stakes, some classic races from back then, uh, the fact that uh, as much as he'll be the heavy favorite, Todd Pletcher's being forced to do something he doesn't like to do, and that's run him on short rest. But as I talk about rest, I know that you're taking a little rest. Uh, you're not going to be there with your entire staff at the Preakness Stakes because you're resting up not only yourself, but your wallet for a trip to Ascot this year. you got to tell me about this. I've never done it. Uh, I've seen it. It looks so classy. I mean, there had to be a lot of planning that went into this, and you're bringing uh, your family too, right? Yeah, well, what it is, John, and, and just in case my wife is listening, I think she might be listening, it really is a family vacation to London. Now, the fact that it <laughs> happens to be the week that Royal Ascot is running is just a very happy coincidence. 
I've never been there. I, 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 London is a city I love, but I've never been to Ascot. I've never been to the Royal Meat, the best meat in the world. They've been doing it for 300 years over there. And uh, turf racing horses from all over Europe and, and even America these days, we're getting a bunch of good Americans. Trainers are very willi- uh, willing to bring over their turf horses and, and take a shot at winning at, uh, you know, maybe the most classic meet in, in racing. So top hat and tails, I'll be, uh, I'll be having a good time. A buddy of mine is also bringing his family, John. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I couldn't be more excited for my first trip to Royal Ascot. That's great. Make sure you post the pictures. I'll look forward to that. My wife wants to meet the queen. I, I, I don't know how close we'll get Ooh, to the queen. Uh, yeah, you're, you might have a hard time pulling that one off. Just getting tickets, I think, <laughs> was a coup. But, uh, yeah, it's true. You know, if you go back, I'm going to say now, gee, about eight years uh, ago, I arranged to uh, have Wesley Ward uh, work out uh, several horses in between races at River Downs at the time. And uh, he ended up taking them over to Royal Ascot. And, and since then, Wesley Ward's kind of turned the world upside down. And he told me, he said, John, he says, don't worry about it. He goes, I know you did me a favor because I had to jump over a lot of horsemen to get it done. It's like, why can't we work out on the grass between races? I said, I think that if you have a horse enter Nascot here at River Downs, you should be able to work over the grass. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll make that a condition of uh, grass workouts from now on. If you're entered in a great your group stakes race in Europe, you're able to work on the grass. But nonetheless, Wesley appreciated. And I'll tell you what, to tell you about a guy he was. In every piece of media that I read from Europe, he mentioned the fact that those horses had their last workout at River Downs. I mean, what what a man of his word, you know, to do him a favor, he made sure that a little track like us got mentioned in the national press every time he had the chance. Well, that's very cool. Wesley, Wesley Ward is a uh, trainer I have a lot of respect for, both uh, on track and off track. And uh, I, I guess now, you know, I've always, I've always kind of credited Wesley Ward for this resurgence of American horses making the trip, trying this out. I think it's a great thing. It's a global sport. And the fact that we're bringing our good turf horses over to Royal Ascot is nothing but exciting. And I always, you know, I always said, well, Wesley Ward has, has really led this charge, but maybe I should be thanking you because it sounds like without you letting him work (laughs) at, at the river, we might not be seeing this. The man behind the man. All, all I can say is uh, <laughs> he, he, he's he's a great guy, and he really did crack the egg as far as you know Americans participating. I do believe he was the first North American based trainer with North American based horses to win uh, one of the Group One races at Royal Ascot. And you said three hundred years. Yeah, they've been doing it forever. You know, I know we've brought horses over there before. We've had big winners. I'm thinking of uh, Leo O'Brien, of course, bringing four stars all-star over for the uh, Irish Guineas years ago. But uh, Wesley Ward, certainly uh, in recent years. And, yeah, I believe that is true. Uh, uh, Americans did not have a good record at Royal Ascot. Not not that they tried a heck of a lot before him, but uh, he really uh, proved that we could do it. All right. Well, um, just uh, you know, referring to an, an article that that you uh, you you wrote recently on your site, and uh, of course there will be a black-eyed Susan, their version of the Oaks and Preakness Stakes double, and uh, I, I see that uh, you are kind of liking uh, this uh, summer 
Luck, I do believe her name is. So uh, before we move on uh, to, to the Preakness, let's talk a little bit about the Black Eyed Susan. Yeah, Summer Luck uh, is a filly I've been following for a while, John. In fact, uh, in that article, you'll see the video replay of her race two, uh, two races back. It was uh, the Devona Dale, and it was won by one of the classiest three-year-old fillies in the country, Miss Sky Warrior. But if you look at the trip that uh, Summer Luck had that day, she, uh, she had to wait. She was pushed out wide in the stretch. She really was closing late. There was a good pace that day. And I'm projecting a very good pace in this black-eyed Susan. On paper, it looks like an evenly matched field. Morning line is 4-1. to one. We always love to see that as handicappers when the morning line favorite is no lower than 4-1. to one. And uh, Summer Luck is 5-1. to one. She's actually the third choice on the morning line. I think she's waiting for a race like this. This is, this is not a grade one field by any means. It's, it's a solid stakes race for three-year-old fillies. But I think she's sitting on a big win and I think everything comes together for her here. She gets a nice pace, and she gets a little bit easier field than she's been facing. So I really do like her. She's from the Mark Cassie barn. And, of course, we'll also be sending out Classic Empire and the Preakness. So I'm using her exclusively and hoping to get a big start with the Black Eyed Susan Preakness, that two-day uh, double that they do that uh, is always fun if you're sitting on a winner the first day anticipating all your double possibilities the next day. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the company you keep. Uh, in the Ashland Stakes, uh, her last start, uh, grade one, obviously, at, at Keeneland, she finished only two links behind Daddy's Little Darlin. And may I remind our audience that Daddy's Little Darlin was a fast-closing second in the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah, yeah summer luck for sure has been facing very good horses, and, and that's uh, been going on for several races now, if you look at her past performances. She hasn't broken through in a stakes race, in a graded stakes race, but I actually think this is the easiest spot for her. So as much as the company she's been keeping and maybe dropping down just a little bit in class in a good field here, she'll also be getting the race setup that we like to see for a rallying filly with a bunch of horses creating a contentious early pace, setting the table up for someone to come up from behind. And I think Summer Luck is very likely to be the one to do that. Uh, just as an aside, a good friend of mine uh, owns and bred Someday Soon, who uh, ran third in that race, who I watched win a stakes race uh, over the weekend. So certainly solid company coming out of the Ashland. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Derby because it's obviously going to have a huge effect on the Belmont. Excuse me. And you already referred to it. I mean, if you look at the running line of Classic Empire, who was my pick, I'll be honest with you, um, in the Derby, I mean, for him to even finish fourth after being roughed up and being 13th of 20, eating mud the whole way around, um, that was not a bad race. Uh, You know, I guess he came back with a with a bump in his eye. Uh, so, you know, he got roughed up on, on a couple uh, fronts. Um, it, nothing against Johnny V and Todd Pletcher. And, hell, always dreaming may just be, you know, the next Triple Crown winner. I don't know. But I, I certainly think you, you, you don't want to throw out Classic Empire. That's for sure. Yeah, John, actually, he is my top pick. Uh, I, I may be stubborn because I didn't uh, pick Always Dreaming in the Kentucky Derby either. Uh, although I do think Always Dreaming, the potential is certainly very high for the Todd Pletcher trainee. He, he won the Derby like a good thing. 
Now, the Derby, of course, is a very different race from the Preakness. We see this so many times where the results of the Derby don't always uh, carry over to the Preakness. A lot of horses that run well in the Derby run well in the Preakness. But on the other hand, there are a lot of horses that just don't get the right trip in the Derby. The Derby, more than any race in America, is a, is a, is a race where we hear so many stories of tough trips. Classic Empire, of course, being the most notable of all. You said it wasn't a bad effort. I think it was a very, very good effort when he ran fourth in the Kentucky Derby. And you know what, John? He, he had a tough spring. He was, he, I, I'm not sure he was 100% even for the Derby. You know, he won the, he won the Arkansas Derby on class. And then the Derby, I thought he might not be 100% for, frankly, not quite uh, enough training or enough bottom since he came back. And so that fourth where he was really badly bothered uh, coming out of the gate, he was bothered on the uh, first time uh, in front of the stands. He was pushed wide on a part of the track that wasn't playing kindly, and he was too far back. Uh, in the Preakness, I would expect Classic Empire to show good tactical speed. He's done it before, like when he won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year. Uh, I would see him sitting third or fourth right off the Derby winner this time. Uh, we were talking about Conquest Mo Money, of course, being speed and, and the Derby winner being right there. But after that, I think Classic Empire sits close and he's going to, he's going to put the, uh, put the screws to the Derby winner as they straighten out. And it's, it might just come down to those two and see who's better for my money. Plus, you're probably getting about double the odds, maybe even money two to one or something. For my money, Classic Empire is the play on top in the Preakness. Uh, Looking at Lee was a, a pleasant surprise, certainly for my son Jake, who bet him to place at thirty-three to one. I just think he's going to run out of real estate. Uh, most people think that the that, that that the races stretch out in the Triple Crown, but this is actually a shorter race, and I think that'll play against him. Yeah, and and it was what I said before, Classic Empire. I kind of like the fact that I think he'll be a lot closer to the pace in the Preakness. I don't think looking at Lee is that type of horse at all. I think looking at Lee runs his best when there's a lot of pace and plenty of distance, and he can pick up horses. He did get a dream trip. He was actually my top long shot in the Derby, so I was happy to see him make that run. But he really did get a perfect trip. Corey Lannery loves the rail, loves Churchill Downs. Nothing got in looking at Lee's way as he rallied from the back of the pack. I see a totally different setup for him this time. I don't like looking at Lee in this race. I'm looking more at the horses that are going to be closer to the pace. Horses like Conquest Mo Money, who ran a very good Arkansas Derby to be second to Classic Empire. Maybe even Cloud Computing, a really lightly raced horse for Chad Brown. These are horses that are going to be on or, or much closer to the lead. And I think it's their advantage in the Preakness. I'd be surprised if the, if the pace is super fast. It might come down to how quickly Classic Empire goes after Conquest Mo Money and especially Always Dreaming. All right. For uh, all the uh, up-to-date news on the Preakness Stakes, it will continue all the way up until Preakness Day. You need to go to Horse Racing Nation. It's a fun site. Anything you want to see, whether it's uh, videos, articles, analysis, uh, Brian Zipsy does a fantastic job as the managing editor. I wish you nothing but the best, and I hope to talk to you again soon, Brian. John, I always have a good time on on your show, talking with you, whether we're at the track or on hair here. So thanks for having me on, and can't wait to see you again at the track. 
All right. Well, that was Brian Zipsy. We're going to take a quick break, and a guy who I'm breaking up a party that he's at is going to join us, and that's my good friend Tom Lamara. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a, a good friend... A, a wonderful writer and handicapper, uh, a guy who I miss because he's not in the general area that I am anymore, is uh, Tom Lamara. You knew him as the news editor of the Blood Horse for uh, well over a decade, as I recall. And uh, Tom, welcome back to Winning Ponies. Tom, Thank you very much, up. John. It's, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure. So, um, Well, I keep yeah. running into people. As you know, you kind of like disappeared with uh, no fanfare. I didn't see anything, any parting words or anything uh, in the blood horse. I don't know if that was by your design or theirs. Uh, so you kind of caught a lot of people off guard when all of a sudden you weren't in the Lexington area and, anymore. So describe to me your move to the mid-Atlantic states and, and what it is you're doing now for thoroughbred racing. Okay, sure. Um as you know, I am from New Jersey, lived uh, for 27 Pennsylvania for about three years. And then we ended up uh, moving to Lexington uh, when I got a transfer to the uh, racing form when they closed the office in New Jersey. And of course, that led to a job at the Blood Horse for about 18 years. It just kind of reached the point where, you know, I was looking for something else. I've always had a desire to come back to the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, we didn't move back to Jersey, but you know, 
I'm going to cut in here. I know I know that you've got a thunderstorm approaching you. Can you find an area where maybe you think we might get a yeah. better signal because you're really cutting up on us? A- anyhow, you're originally from yep. New Jersey, and Is this uh, and you're a lot closer in the Mid Atlantic okay, states. So, but tell us exactly what is it you're doing? Okay, well, I, well, um, I really like to have three jobs in one, uh, which was the proposal that was made to me last year um, when I was considering it. And um, I work for the Maryland Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association, handling communications um, and um, work with the Maryland Jockey Club, um, which has a really good relationship with the Horsemen's Group in Maryland. So I kind of work on joint projects for them. And then the THA, which is the umbrella group that has um, six affiliates, Horseman's Group's affiliates, one of which is the Maryland THA, um, I uh, help them launch a website, and I'm, my title is Managing Editor of the website. It's mainly a uh, Horseman's-driven uh, news and information website, so I'm responsible for populating that with content. So I do a lot of different things. Um, you know, the uh, horse, uh, you know, I've written a lot about, you know, horsemen's groups and issues uh, related to horsemen's groups, but I've never had any firsthand experience working for one and learning what they do. And it's been really an educational experience for me, which I really appreciate it. You know, um, you know, I'm kind of, well, I'm not old, but I'm not exactly young anymore. So, <laughs> so I appreciate the opportunity, um, you know, like, even just working with backstretch workers, you know, I'm learning a lot and I still get to write a lot too. And, uh, you know, so I keep pretty busy, but it's kind of a diverse job. You know, uh, one day I may be working for the THA website. Then the next day I have some, uh, Maryland THA stuff to do some Maryland jockey club stuff to do. So, you know, uh, it keeps me busy, um, keeps me engaged and I'm still learning. So I like that part of it too. Plus, I work at the track most of the time, which is really nice. <laughs> well, I, I, I know you like that. You kind of sound like the mid-Atlantic version of Jenny Reese, because Jenny's all over the place right now. I know she's a friend uh, of yours, too. Of, yeah. <laughs> she is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. are you doing today, um, Jenny? Well, yeah, I'm working we'll with uh, Kentucky talking. Downs. What are you doing tomorrow, Jenny? Well, I'm working with the uh, uh, HBPA of Kentucky. What are you doing tomorrow, Jenny? Oh, I'm doing a Twitter account for so-and-so. So it sounds like you're doing uh, right. something along the same lines. But it is great, you know, that uh, what I like is, Tom, people like you and Jenny Reese who are veteran award-winning writers, while a lot of newspapers and, and other publications have set excellent people like you aside uh, because they're not following the sport as much or they can maybe replace you with somebody younger and cheaper that guys like you and, and, and a woman like Jenny uh, can take this veteran experience and then translate it uh, to the younger, uh, I shouldn't say younger, but to the now more popular uh, social media format, so they're not just getting somebody that knows how to, you know, press the buttons, but they're getting somebody that that has a background in journalism to go with it. Yes, you know, um, the field of journalism has changed a great deal, as you know, because you've worked with journalists for a long, long time. But um, one of the good things was that at the Bloomers, I did have the opportunity to get heavy into online, and heavy into social media. 
And, um, you know, that's really important now. Um, you know, look, um, I'm no longer a, you know, a journalist, um, you know, a full-time journalist. Um, you know, but, you know, look, I love journalism. I always will. I think once you're a journalist, you're always a journalist. You kind of use those skills in other ways. Um, you know, I, I still have a passion for it, but I recognize that maybe at this particular point, it was time to move on to something else. I didn't want to leave the industry. I wanted to stay in the industry and see how I could contribute, you know, in some other way. And um, so, you know, I've been there eight months now, or excuse me, here eight months now. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, I keep learning, you know, some new projects pop up that I get involved in. You know, um, I still cover racing commissions for the Horseman's website because of all the relevant stuff that happens, you know. And um, so I still do a lot of what I did, but... I'm just no longer a full-time journalist. (laughs) Well, you are and you're not. But I think it's great, you know, listening to you saying how much that uh, you're enjoying being exposed to kind of a different side of the sport. You're not just, you know covering, uh, you know, since you were based in Lexington, uh, some of the major, uh, let's say, breeding operations, obviously a lot of the major uh, uh, stakes races. Uh, You were always uh, very adept at covering uh, different statewide issues, and I mean beyond Kentucky's borders, uh, but the fact that right now you're, you're, you're getting your boots a little dirtier because you're not on the phone with people and you're not you know, doing interviews in their office, but you're actually you know, on the backstretch and on the farms and, and seeing what's going on, so I see that as being energizing for Tom Lamara in the, you know, shall I say, new phase of his life. Yeah, it, you know what? You used a good word because it, it, it really has re-energized me. Um, my previous job, I had gotten, you know, sour because, uh, you know, it was, it was a little too intense with the website every day and, you know, um, not having enough people to cover. And when there weren't enough people, I was manager, so I had to cover. And it just got to be uh, really, really stressful. Uh, this job has its own share of challenges, but it's, um, I'm much more relaxed, you know, which is a good thing. <laughs> so, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. but yeah, I still love racing. Like I said, I, I work at Laurel Park most of the time and I watch all the races that I can, you know, I still handicap and back, you know, I haven't walked away from that. But, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure of that. But, uh, you know, speaking of which real quick, um, we're going, to t- we're going to take a break shortly and, and cover the uh, Preakness and the Black-Eyed Susan. I didn't know if you gave uh, any look to, to the Pimlico special. You know, uh, it, it, it's the 47th running, but when I pull out my racing manual, it picks up the Pimlico special in 1987. Uh, so I'm not sure what the gap was there. Um, wasn't uh, Seabiscuit, didn't he run in the Pimlico special? I believe he did. Yeah, I think you know that that race has had uh, multiple breaks. Um, you know where it wasn't run. Um, there were some, I believe, like in recent years when it wasn't run, and then it came back. Um, so, you know, um, I really don't know what the number. I thought I thought that it was run more times than that, but I but maybe not. You know. 
Yeah, I, I thought that was the big race against War Admiral was the Pimlico Special. I have to go back and watch the movie again, but it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. Anyhow, again, we're going to go to break quickly. I don't know if you got a chance to, to look at, at this race at all. The, uh, the the heavy favorite in here, Shaman Ghost, coming out of the Santa Anita Handicap. Obviously, he's never run at Pimlico. Uh, trained by James Jerkins, who's really impressive. Any place he goes. This horse comes into this race with four consecutive triple-digit buyers. Uh, Javier Castellano, who is up at Santa Anita, uh, will be there. I'm sure a lot of horses and trainers weren't happy to see this horse show up for uh, for the Pimlico Special. Is there anybody in there that uh, came to mind for you? Uh, you know, when you get past Shaman Ghost, it... it, it wait. You know what? I shouldn't even say that. I think that the entire race is competitive, but I can see where the horse would be a heavy favorite. Uh, there's a long shot in there that, that I'm really curious to see run back. It's a, it's a, a, a Florida bred who um, uh, won a couple of the Florida Sire Stakes to two. They tried him in some very high-level races at three. Um, and... Um, uh, he changed hands. He went to Mark Cassie. His last start, um, he made for a trainer, I believe, Ken Decker, um, who's picked up some horses that are running at Laurel. And um, his name is Fellowship. I think he's, he drew the 10 hole, the far outside post in the race. But he yes. won a seven furlong allowance race here. You know, no big deal, but he won it rather impressively, and now he's stretching back out again. And I'm just really curious to see because I think he's a good horse. Um, I don't, I don't know if he quite fits with there, but you know he could be a really, really good price. And I think you know stretching out the extra, t- uh, well, more than two furlongs, I guess, because it's a mile and three sixteenths. You know he should be a little bit closer, and I'll be curious to see if he's able to run well. Well, we will find out. That's going. That's the that's the Pimlico Special. Now that is. Uh, going to be run on the undercard with the black-eyed Susan. Um, again, it is a grade three, $300,000 on the line. So um, we're talking with, with Tom Lamara, who's doing a million and one things in the Mid-Atlantic region. And uh, right now on Winning Ponies, we're going to take a brief break. and we come back, going to take a quick look at the black-eyed Susan and the 142nd running of the Preakness Stakes. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. And with me is uh, Tom Lamara, who's now covering racing on many levels in the Mid-Atlantic states, uh, which means it includes uh, Pimlico. He says he's been uh, uh, spending some time at Laurel, the uh, uh, kind of the uh, sister race to the Kentucky Oaks is is the Black-Eyed Susan. Usually what you get in the Black-Eyed Susan are three-year-old fillies that for either one reason or another, passed on uh, the Oaks or maybe didn't have enough points to get in the Oaks, but ran uh, big prep races coming into them. And plus, a lot of the horses in the Oaks uh, don't feel like, you know, turning back in, in two weeks. So you get a lot of new players in the Black Eyed Susan. It's grade two. There's a quarter million up for grabs. Uh, they're going to go a mile and an eighth. So it brings in a mixed bag of horses. Now, um, the uh, tepid favorite, if I can call uh, her that, uh, would be Mona, who's a daughter of Uncle Mo, uh, trained by Todd Pletcher, ridden by John Velasquez, who's only had two starts, just broke its maiden, but uh, had a 79 buyer in its last maiden, um, which was its last race, I should say. Brian Zipsy, we just talked to, uh, talked about Summer Luck, who's got more seasoning and uh, certainly has been racing against uh, tougher competition, a lot of horses uh, who have come back and won their next race. So while uh, Summer Lux is eligible for non-winners of two, uh, she certainly has some uh, bad class as far as the company she's kept. Uh, now, my question for our guest, Tom Lamara, is this horse that's installed at 9-2 to two, that is a Laurel Sprinter who's going to try to stretch out to a mile and an eighth, shimmering Aspen has never been off the board, is three for four, led by ten into the lane at seven furlongs in an optional claiming race last time out. Tom, does this horse have a shot or should I throw it out? Um, you know what? I think she does. Um, that's that's actually the horse that I was going to talk about. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, she, um, you know, I think she uh, lost her first race and then won her next three. And um, her last race was really interesting. Um, I watched it outside on the apron. Um, you know, look, it wasn't a great deal, you know. But um, the way that that filly runs, um, she's very fast. But when you watch her move, you it, it's kind of like it really comes natural to her. 
um, she just kind of like ran away and hid. Um, she wasn't really under urging by Steve Hamilton, who's riding her again, which I think is great. I'm really glad that Rodney Jenkins is sticking to him because he just like he he wasn't standing up in the saddle, but like it kind of looked like he was, and he looked under his shoulder and he's like, "Where is everybody?" And he you know he just let her ride it out. She went in really really fast time. And, it, you know, it looked like she could go a lot further. Of course, you know, the first starter around two turns. Um, but I think she's the fastest horse in the race early. And, um, you know, she seems to get, like, stronger as she goes. So um, I'm really looking forward to watching her run in that race is, is probably the best way to say it. <laughs> well, you know, you know it'll be interesting. It might not be right for a horse that's never gone two turns yet, but um, I think she's really good. Well, she's drew the rail. She has early speed, um, and well, you know she's a daughter of Malibu Moon, a horse that's thrown uh, plenty of runners that have no problem uh, getting a distance. And uh, right. it's not like they just pulled this horse out of a field. I mean, she brought you know two hundred thousand dollars at the sale, so she's got to be pretty good looking. Uh, it'll be very interesting. I'm pretty sure because of her people questioning her distance abilities uh, that she's going to be dismissed. And I think uh, because of the connections of Moona uh, and John Velasquez, uh, that uh, Moona may be overbet. And I got to uh, agree with a lot what Brian Zipsy said that, you know, with, with the seasoning summer luck had and some of the companies she's been keeping, uh, she could be pretty salty herself. So uh, that's a look at the, at the black eyed Susan. Remember now you can, make a um, Black-Eyed Susan uh, Preakness double uh, on Friday. And don't forget also uh, the post times are going to be very early for the early races uh, there. Uh, Now the Black-Eyed Susan is going to go off at 4.50 Eastern uh, on Friday. And on Preakness Day, uh, it'll be 6.48 for the Preakness Stakes. And... uh, Tom, I mean, let's face it, uh, always dreaming, wet track, whatever you want to call it, was extremely impressive uh, in, in in the Kentucky Derby. And Classic Empire, as many times as I've watched that race, couldn't have had much more bad luck. Yeah, uh, Classic Empire, you know, I, I'm kind of leading, excuse me, leaning toward Classic Empire in the Preakness. Um, you know, he didn't have the best trip in the Derby. He, you know, he, he's kind of a, what's the word for it? He's a funky horse, um, but he is extremely talented. And, um, you know, I think with a smaller field and uh, I would think a dry track, you know, the weather forecast here changes like once every couple hours, but I believe it's supposed to be dry, uh, cloudy and dry. So, um, you know, I think uh, this race... Uh, probably will play into uh, his style. Um, you know, I think he'll be closer, like Brian Zipsy said. I caught the tail end of his comments, and uh, I think he should be well-placed. You know, always dreaming, this may sound weird, but if if his next race was the Belmont rather than the Preakness, I would absolutely think that the horse could win the race. Um, he's just got that. He, he's fast. You know, he, you know, he runs free and easy. 
and um, I think he actually would be suited to the Belmont. <laughs> uh, this race tomorrow, uh, excuse me, on Saturday, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think there will be a little bit more pace in this race. Um, you know, the, the only pace in the Derby was fast, but it was really him, you know, for the most part. And uh, I think that it may be a little bit more competitive in the first half mile in the preface. Um, that said, look, if he wins, I won't be surprised at all. And, 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 you know, and then we can worry about the, the Belmont. But I think Classic Empire, uh, that, that it might be his time to really pop up. Well, we'll find out because, uh, you know, as I stated earlier, uh, Classic Empire's, you know, had some bumps in the road uh, with his, uh, you know, training up to uh, the, uh, the Kentucky Derby. His Arkansas Derby was extremely impressive. I think you can just put a line through his Kentucky Derby. But again, in a short amount of time, you're asking him to make up a lot. But to be quite honest with you, I'd love to see him uh, win this race. Nothing against Always Dreaming. Of course, if Always Dreaming wins it, I'll be, you know, pulling for him just for the sake of thoroughbred racing that, you know, who knows, we could have another American Pharaoh on our hands. Uh, This could be a throwback to the 70s uh, where we have a couple of horses that uh, can do what everybody for 30 years is telling us is, is impossible, and that's win these three races in this amount of time. So, uh It'll be very interesting. Either way, we're going to have a we're going to have a great scenario, and uh, it's the Preakness Stakes. You just don't know, but I just I can't get away from those two horses as much as there's other horses for several reasons that I like. Um, you know, Gunavera, strictly from a storyline, uh, who's got a fantastic uh, backstory with Antonio Sano and the whole uh, Venezuela connection. Though it's interesting that Javier. Javier Castellano uh, has left, and Mike Smith is going to be uh, uh, deputized there. And uh, it looks like uh, Castellano decided to jump on cloud computing, a horse he had never been on before, uh, for Chad Brown. Um, it'll change the story a little bit. So going to be one. Uh, you know, Ken, Kenny McPeak's been known to pull off some huge upsets in big races. Uh, he's got senior investment. So uh, th- there's certainly other horses in there that you got to keep an eye on. But the headliners are classic Empire and, and always dreaming. I mean, no doubt about it. So, uh, Tom, uh, I'm a master of the obvious, as always. And I want to thank you very much for coming on Winning Pony tonight. I want to wish you the best in uh, everything you're doing and uh, from rumor has it you've got an extra guest room so one of these days you might see a little short fat guy popping up at your doorstep so thanks a lot for being on the show i greatly appreciate I it <laughs> <laughs> and i greatly appreciate brian zipsy taking the time to be with us tonight and want to remind everybody about the winning ponies uh, contest you got until <laughs> six o'clock it's a free contest we got a cash prize on the top and uh, points underneath uh, all the way down. We're paying out to seventh with prizes. So uh, go to Winning Ponies, pull down the easy win forms, and don't forget, play the free Preakness contest. I'm John Engelhart for Winning Ponies. I want to thank our producer, Matt Widener, and I want to remind everybody, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.